I want to continue my series on family matters. I'm excited about learning some things and seeing what God does in your marriage and in your life as a single adult. Um, I, I've told you along, my goal for this series is not only to bring healing, and, and we're believing for that, and, and to help where you're hurting, but I want to help you build something great in your life. I won't, I don't want you just to have a surviving marriage. I want you to have a great marriage. Come on, how many can say amen to that? And, and not just be an enduring single, but a great single, an overcoming person in your life. So today, uh, in this session, my second session of Family Matters, I want to talk with you today about communication matters. Communication matters, all right? It's huge. Uh, it's almost a buzzword. You hear it talked about all the time. But we need to really see the biblical perspective. Uh, I'm going to be reading out of James chapter 3. Now, the first two passages I'm going to read are link, more lengthy than I normally read on a Sunday morning simply because of the time, but I want you to grasp this. Before I read from James chapter 3, let me share a little uh, anecdote here. Uh, uh, I don't know if this has really happened, but I received an email about poor communication and how... One person thinks they're saying one thing and the other person is completely on another track. None of you have ever had that issue, have you? As men and women trying to speak while you're using foreign languages for each other. All right? Now, this is going to be... you. Many people today, with how uh, casual and crude language has become, would not even understand the, the point in time of this. But it says, a rather old-fashioned lady. Okay? One of those old-fashioned... Sweet, godly, southern ladies. How many know what I'm talking about? Okay, I'm, okay. There were some. All right. A rather old-fashioned lady was planning a couple of weeks vacation in Florida. She also was quite delicate and elegant with her language. She wrote a letter to a particular campground and asked for reservations. She wanted to make sure the campground was fully equipped, but didn't quite know how to ask about the <gasps> toilet facilities. She just couldn't bring herself to write the word toilet. So uh, after much deliberation, she finally came up with the old-fashioned term bathroom commode. I never heard that one. You ever heard that? She couldn't say toilet. Gee. All right. So bathroom commode. But when she wrote that down, she still thought she was being too forward. So she started all over again, rewrote the entire letter, and referred to the bathroom commode simply as the B.C. Does the campground have its own B.C.? Is what she actually wrote. Well, the campground owner wasn't old-fashioned at all, and when he got the letter, he couldn't figure out what the lady was talking about. That B.C. really stumped him. After worrying about it for several days, he showed the letter to other campers, but they couldn't figure out either what the lady meant. The campground owner finally came to the conclusion that the lady was and must be asking about the location of the local Baptist church. That must be what B.C. was. So here we go. When one's thinking one and one's another. So he sat down and wrote the following reply. You ready? Dear Madam, I regret very much the delay in answering your letter, but I now take pleasure of informing uh, that the B.C. is located nine miles north of the camp and is capable of seating 250 people at one time. I admit it is quite a distance away if you're in the habit of going regularly. 
But no doubt you will be pleased to know that a great number of people take their lunches along and make a day of it. <laughs> okay, you remember there? Okay. Uh, they usually arrive early and stay late. <laughs> the last time my wife and I went was six years ago. <laughs> and, it was, and it was so crowded that we had to stand up the whole time we were there. It may interest you to know that right now there is a supper planned to raise money to buy more seats. They plan to hold the supper in the middle of the B.C. so everyone can watch and talk about this great event. I would like to say it pains me very much not to be able to go more regularly, but it is surely not for lack of desire on my part. As we grow older, it seems to be more and more of an effort, particularly in cold weather. If you decide to come down to the campground, perhaps I could go with you the first time you go and sit with you and introduce you to all the other folks. This is really a very friendly community. <laughs> so, see, sometimes communication is just hard to get on the same track. <laughs> you know, I'm sure you've never had that much trouble with it, but you do understand what we're talking about. Communication. Think about that. I, I've sat in counseling sessions, and it was almost that, you know, Earth and Mars. You, you understand what I'm saying? We have to understand. But guys, I want you to realize communication, words, the ability to share what you think by what you say was given by God only to human beings. We're the only part of His creation that can speak like He speaks, that can say the things He would say. It's a phenomenal, your words will destroy your marriage and your relationship or make it something better than you could ever imagine. And we're responsible for what we say. Let's listen to this. James chapter 3. I want you to follow along with me. James 3, beginning in verse number 2. We all stumble in many ways. Watch this. If anyone is never at fault in what he says, he is a perfect man. See the value of words. Communication. He's a perfect man, able to keep his whole body in check. If you keep your words in check, your whole life is in check. It's amazing. All right, let's keep reading. When we uh, put bits into the mouths of horses to make them obey us, we can turn the whole animal. Or take ships as an example. Although they are so large and driven by strong winds, they are steered by a very small rudder wherever the pilot wants to go. Your tongue is like that, see? Verse 5, likewise, the tongue is a small part of the body, but it makes great boasts. Consider what a great forest is set on fire by a small spark. The tongue also is a fire, a world of evil among the parts of the body. It corrupts the whole person, sets the whole course of his life on fire, and is itself, look at this, set on fire by hell. Man, we need to get this, don't we? All kinds of animals, birds, reptiles, and creatures of the sea are being tamed and have been tamed by man. But no man can tame the tongue. Well, what are we going to do? Let's keep, let's keep going. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. With the tongue we praise our Lord and Father. And with it we curse men who have been made in God's likeness. Out of the mouth, out of the same mouth come praise and cursing. 
My brothers, this should not be. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or a grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. I want to tell you, we need to read James 3 and hit pause for a moment. Consider our communication. Now, what did we just read? We read, no man can tame the tongue. So what are we going to do? No man can tame the tongue. It's set on fire by hell. It, it directs the course of our life. What are we going to do to communicate as God ordained us to? First of all, we have to admit, I need some help. Everybody with me right now? How, let, let's be honest. How many will raise your hand with me and say, I need some help? Have you ever said something you wish I hadn't said? Yeah. So what's the answer? I'm glad you asked. Go to Romans chapter 7. Now these are longer passages, but you see why we need to fully get this. Romans chapter 7. <clears throat> what do we do? The Bible says our tongue is going to cause incredible trouble for us, for everyone around us. We're incapable in, in, within our own ability to do something about it. <clears throat> what happens to us? Pardon me. Romans 7. I want to look at verse number 15. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking after he saved. Someone say after. This is not pre-Jesus. This is post-Jesus. You understand? This man's an apostle being used by the Holy Spirit to author two-thirds of the New Testament. Having seen visions of heaven so glorious, he was forbidden to talk about it. You with me? That's this guy. Now, let's watch this. Romans seven fifteen. I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do. But what I hate, I do. Okay, don't raise your hand, but does anybody get relate to that verse? Let's be real here. But I'm not going to leave you with just an excuse to mess up. I'm going to give you some answers today. How many hear what I'm saying? We just don't need to go to church and say, we all run our mouth, we all sin every day. Let's just feel better because we all do it. I'm not going to ever do that here. Okay? I realized a long time ago, I don't need to give people a license to sin. They're going to do it with or without a license. So I'm not going to give you a license on Sunday. All right, let's keep reading. Verse 16. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good, the word. As it is, no longer I myself who do it, but it is what? Sin living in me. It's called your carnal nature. We're born-again believers, and the Holy Spirit comes to live in us. But we're living in a fallen person. So what's going to happen here, all right? Verse 17. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but sin living in me. 18. I know that nothing good lives in me. That is in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For what I do is not the good I want to do. No, the evil I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. What are we saying? The words I say I'm never going to say again, I keep saying them. The things I say when I'm mad and I say I'll never say it again, I said it again. Are you with me? These communication that's broken. And I say, I'm sorry I said that. Or, or, or And I'll get to this in a minute. Or we say it and then say, I, I didn't mean it. But you said it. Just because you said I didn't mean it doesn't mean it doesn't hurt what the people you said. We have to deal with communication. It's blessing or curse. 
All right? So let's keep going. Verse 20. Now, if I do what I do not want to do, it is no longer I who do it, but it is sin living in me that does it. I want to be quite frank with you. Everything I'm going to teach us, I told you this last week before last, and then every week I want to remind you that the principles I'm teaching you are principles that operate in the life of people who know the Lord Jesus Christ as their Savior. Because I cannot teach you to do what only God can help you to do if you're not a Christian. If you're not a Christian, these principles are only made real and possible and obtainable by the help of God. So right here, right now, if you're not a Christian, if you're not a believer, I want to challenge you to begin to open your heart. If you want your marriage to be a great marriage, if you want your life as a single adult to be great, there is a ceiling on you without Christ. Not because you're a bad person, not because you're not intelligent, not because you don't desire it, but because we are limited by our sinful nature. And only God can help us go beyond those limitations. Everybody with me? All right. Verse 20. So I find this, 21. So I find this law at work, at work. When I want to do good, evil is right there with me. For in my inner being, I delight in God's law. But I see another law at work in the members of my body, waging war against the law of my mind and making me a prisoner of the law at sin at work within my members. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body of death? Aren't you glad that's not the end of Romans? Thank you, Jesus. There, okay, look at the next verse. He says, who's going to rescue me from this body of death? Thanks be to God. How, how am I rescued? How are you rescued? How does our communication change? Through, through Jesus Christ our Lord, there's a solution to the weakness of our flesh, to the habits, to the addictions, to the ruts and routines that we find ourselves in. Through Christ, there is freedom. So look at this. So then I myself, in my mind, am a slave to God's law. He said, I want to obey God. But in the sinful nature, I'm a slave to the law of sin. Now, come on. We're not through. Go to verse chapter 8. Therefore, in light of what we just read, Romans 8, 1, look at this. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. What does that mean? Right in the middle of this, as he's given an answer, this is what he says. If you have given your life to Jesus, and you have asked him to be the Savior of your life, and you're not perfect, but you're in the process, how many are with me? See, grace is not permission to keep on sinning. Grace is the ability of God to love you while He's bringing you out of all that stuff. Grace means unearned favor. Grace is not permission to sin. Grace is the love of God that keeps working with you till you get on the other side of this thing. So He says, isn't this amazing, that while we're still under construction, there's no condemnation. Can I encourage you with that today? None of us in this room are perfect, but we're not who we used to be. And we're not yet who we're going to be. But God says, I've got you during the process. That is amazing. We're not earning His love. We're not on a performance plan. Listen, we're on the love plan. We love Him. We do what we do because He loved us and we love Him. Anybody still with me here? All right. So, watch this. Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in, the, who are in Christ Jesus. Here it is. Here's the answer. Look at this. Because through Christ, see what comes to us through Him. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life, the Holy Spirit, set me free from the law of sin and death. We just read that what we could never do to tame our tongue, 
through Christ, the power of the Holy Spirit sets us free from years of bondage, habit, addiction, and dysfunction in our life. The law of the Spirit of life is greater than the law of sin and death. Watch this. What happens if the law of gravity does what? What happens if I drop my Bible? What's going to happen? What's it going to do? It's going to fall. Why is it not falling right now? Evidently, my, heart, my hand and my arm is stronger than the law of gravity. But see, that's what happens. Without the hand of God, what are you and I going to do? We're going to fall. We're going to sin. We're going to say stuff we shouldn't say. We're going to act the way we shouldn't act. But the, but the law of the spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You're in the strong hand of God and his law is greater than the law of sin. Come on, how many can say amen to that? What a blessing. So what do we begin to do? We begin to understand words matter. Words matter. Let's go through these real quickly, guys. Let's go to Proverbs 10, 11. I've got to really move on. I laid too much foundation here. The mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. But the mouth of the wicked conceals violence. Your mouth. See, it's not just the negative. Look at the positive. The words, the mouth of the righteous is a fountain of life. Let's go to the next one that I have for you today. Uh, Luke 6, 45. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. And an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You say stuff and you say, I don't know where that came from. I know where it came from. It came right out of your heart. You say something, say, I didn't mean that. Yes, you did. It was in your heart before you said it. Don't shout me down. All right, I got to keep going. Uh, Ephesians 4, 29. Let's look at this. Do not let any unwholesome talk come out of your mouth, but only what is helpful for building others up according to their needs. Instead of attacking a needy person, we build them up that it may benefit those who listen. Words matter. What did we just learn? I love this quote from something from Neil Kennedy. Your mouth exposes your heart. Literally, you are what you speak. Your character is the compilation of your thoughts. Your thoughts are expressed through your words. Man. See, if any of our words matter, then all of our words matter. You get that? If any of my words matter, then all of my words matter. Couples, what are you saying to one another? How do you talk to each other? Has something become lax and, and are you angry? Are you speaking things? How do you speak? Do you build each other up? Parents, how do you talk to your children? What are you saying to them? What are they hearing you say to each other? Okay? Singles. You know the great thing about you being single right now? Is that you, listen, I, I want you to get this through this whole thing. You can become what you desire. You can become what, whom, what you would love to marry someday. If you want to marry the right person, stop trying to find the right person and become the right person. And God will bring that to you. You can become what you desire. If you don't get this communication thing down while you're single, you're sure not going to get it down when you get married. Listen, you living by yourself, you win all the arguments. 
You living by yourself, you can squeeze the tube in the middle, you can squeeze the toothpaste on the end, you can put it on the floor and stomp it and catch it while it's falling. It's just you. If you don't get your communication act together before you get married, the love doctor is going to have to pay a house call to you. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> if you're single again, what is it to learn? Well, it's an opportunity to heal and reset for the next part of your life. Anybody with me on this thing? Think about communication, all right? If we, we say mean things to each other, your communication's harsh or mean, sarcastic or negative. Why? What do we just read? Because there's something going on inside of me. There's something going on inside of me. I want you to think of this. We can say, we can lash out and say something harmful and then back up and say, I don't mean it. But yes, you do mean it. It was in your heart before you said it. Do you understand that? We must take responsibility for what we say. We can't use those cliches. We can't murder people with our words and say, I didn't mean it. Yes, you meant it. It was in your heart before it came out of your mouth. See, what do we do? If you're nice to me, if you, if you say nice things to me, if you don't get too close to where I hurt, I'm going to be nice. But if you step too close to my wounds that I'm hiding, and you, and you don't say something nice to me, then, then violence pours out of my mouth. Violence. Why? Because that's a defense mechanism. That's your defense mechanism. You're, you, you're saying, you're not going to hurt me. You're not going to get close to me. You say that, boom, I say this. We're fighting. See, why do, why do we do that? Probably because you're hurt. Not because you're bad, you're wounded. You're wounded. You haven't been healed. You know, uh, when, when you're feeling good and healthy, you, run, you move through a crowd and everything's fine. But I had a couple of different times in my life I've had some broken bones. Isn't it amazing how differently you act around people if you got something hurting? See, if I'm not hurting, I just walk through and I'm good. But I got a broken hand. I'm, I'm like this. I'm, you know, people want to shake my hand. I put it back and I shake my left hand. Why? Because I'm wounded. And when I'm wounded, I act differently than when I'm whole. And so when your heart's broken, you hide it. You keep hiding it. If somebody gets too close, you hide it. And how do you protect it? You don't have a cast on your heart, but you have words flying out of your mouth. You're defending yourself. You're hiding your hurt. And until we allow God to come heal us where we hurt and where we're insecure and where we're void and wounded, we're going to defend ourselves and protect ourselves with words. Don't, don't say, that's, that's not even me. Yes, it is. Instead of saying, that's not me, you know what we should be, instead of saying that, we should be asking, why am I saying that? As long as we keep saying, I didn't say it, or that's not me, or I didn't mean it, you're going to do it again, and again, and again. But if we'll stop saying that and start asking, why did I do that? Why am I saying that? Why did I react that way? Isn't it amazing that we always want to change everybody around us? We don't like to go look in the mirror. And, you, know. you know, what we want to say is, well, if you hadn't acted like that, I wouldn't have said that. No. You wouldn't have said it if it wasn't in your heart. They may be acting up, but however they act doesn't create what's already inside of you. It only reveals what's inside of you. So how do we know why we say what we say? 
the Holy Spirit. See, it says the Bible says the Holy Spirit searches the heart of man and reveals the deep things that we don't even understand and know. You know, as a believer, as a Christian, you and I have access to the healing power of God down deep inside of us where we're hurt and wounded. If we will pray, see, if we will take some ownership of our communication and say, God, I've got some problems here. God, I'm saying things I shouldn't say. I'm reacting in a way I shouldn't react. And, 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 and you and God begin to talk. I'm going to tell you the Holy Spirit will turn the light on. He'll turn the light on. That's this incredible advantage we have as a believer. The Holy Spirit will help us see what's really going on and then heal us where that, where that issue is happening. Aren't you thankful for the Holy Spirit working in our life? Single adults, how do you talk to your friends? How do you... Listen, let, let, let me help you with this. See, either your mouth's right or it's not right. If any of my words matter, then all of my words matter. All right, you're, you're with me? Watch this. We live in a culture and a society today based off of ridicule and negativism. You know, half of reality television is exposing somebody. Most of what's on social media are people who have no idea what they're talking about but think they're an expert about everything. Criticizing without knowing any of the facts. Look, man. If you, if you can, if you can beg, borrow, steal one of these, you can write anything you want to, and that doesn't make you an expert. You got your little tablet, and all of a sudden you got a PhD. I didn't know you got one that easy. You know, you got your little cell phone, and now you, you know everything in the world. You haven't even been half, we hadn't been past molten. We think we can tell the, Germany how to do things. Huh? You, you must have moved out of your house and you live at Holiday Inn Express because you can do everything now the next day. You know what I'm saying? Because you got this. So what's happened to us? Holy Spirit, help me. Singles. Singles. Listen to me. It's not just what I say to you. It's what I say about you. How do I talk about people? What's my reaction to people? How do I carry all my feelings up here on my shoulder? Man, and say things and talk things. And, and What's going on? We need some healing on the inside. We need to become whole as a person. Our communication is just an evidence of what's going on in our hearts. And until we allow the Spirit of God to help us be honest, most people criticize other people because they're insecure. Most, most people are criticizers instead of encouragers. Instead of celebrating other people's victory, we're intimidated by them. As believers, that's not who we are. The Bible says in, in 1 Corinthians 12, we weep with those who weep. And we rejoice with those who rejoice. We're a family. We're the family of God. We stand with... It's our communication. All right? And so, and I've, I've got to move on. What, what, why can't we say a positive word? It's because of what's going on in our life. You know, if you want to have, if you, listen, do you want to marry some negative, griping, fault-finding, judgmental, narcissistic, self-centered baby that needs to stay with his mama and you want to marry him? Well, if you start 
talking positively, living positively, saying the right thing, whether somebody's hearing you or not, refusing to get into conversations that are negative and critical. Stop making yourself feel better by those you can put down and <clears throat> begin to speak as God would have us speak. God will bring those kind of people into your life. It, it will happen. It, this, this is for every place we are in life. See, uh, what, what we need to do, what we need to realize is the power of our words. That we can say, would, would, you know, I love you. I care about you. I, I want to understand what you're saying. It, it, it's incredibly important. I, I'm, I'm, I've got some more scriptures, guys, that I've given you. I'm going to kind of pass back. Let me, let me go on because I want to hit this, this one last area. Um, see, not only what I say, let me help you. And we'll, let me just leave this and we'll move on. The tone in how you say it. <laughs> you know. You can say the right thing the wrong way, and you blew it. The tone of what we say. Your tone communicates if you care or you don't care. Listen to me. It, it's impossible, impossible to communicate that you care with an ugly tone in your voice. Your tone. It's not just what I say. It's how I say it. See, your tone carries a message. Uh what what a what a wife needs to hear from her husband as he talks to her is that he's communicating security and comfort to her that's the tone you're communicating security to her and comfort wives what your husband needs to hear from you the tone more than anything else is that you honor him you honor him see if you talk to him with a tone of disrespect he said, wait a minute, Pastor, don't tell me. Who, what do you mean tell me? I'm just telling you how men and women think. You can like it. You can lump it. You can hate it. I'm telling you the truth. Amen. Women need security. Men need honor. That's how it works. Not if he doesn't deserve it. But if he doesn't deserve it, you don't have to call him a bum. You shut your mouth. You know, no words are better than bad words. The tone of how we communicate. See, see <laughs> the wife says to her husband, I wish you could hear the way you're talking to me. And he yells back at her, That's so stupid. Well, <laughs> yeah, it happens, isn't it? See, she's trying to tell you something. And so you just said what you said to you, what's important is stupid. Well, boy, you, that one's over. 911 love doctor, you're going to need some help here. See, what are we saying? It's the tone. It's, it's how we say things. I, I, let me, I'm, I'm, I'm almost there. I want to, I'm, I'm pushing hard to get these things. See, as we communicate, it's how we decide and determine, does this person care about me? Are you listening to me? You care. L listen, listen, this is huge in a marriage. As you talk and communicate, how do you, how do you respond in conflict when you disagree? Are you approachable when you disagree? In other words, uh, your spouse has to know that they can disagree with you. They can make an appeal or a suggestion and not be rejected because they did that. If you can't receive a complaint or a disagreement, you got a control issue in your life. So do you want control or do you want communication? 
You have to be able to know I can talk to you and let you know I don't agree with that without feeling like you're going to reject me or I'm going to pay a price because of it. Are you with me? What, 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 what needs to be communicated, listen to me, guys, is that I want to know how you feel. I want to know how you feel. Can, can I help you, husband? Listen, here's the greatest question you can ever give your wife. You ready? When she's talking, stop trying to think about something else and listen to her. And say this. Say, listen, and say, and then what happened? I just gave you a million dollars right there. Instead of cutting her off, ask her for more. Did you just hear what I said? Let her talk. Listen what she said. And then say, and then what happened, honey? After she gets back up off the floor, you know what she's going to say? He wants to know how I feel. It mattered to him. Hey, look, when you were dating, it depends on your age, what you use. Some of you had smoke signals. Some of you had... No, I'm just kidding. So, but when you were dating on the phone, you would talk forever. Come on, don't, 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 don't. You know what it's like. And then you say, you know, forever you've been talking, you say, you say goodbye. No, you say goodbye. No, you, say goodbye. <laughs> you couldn't even say goodbye. You're afraid who'd say it first. Okay, I'm going to count to three. We're all both going to say it at the same time. And then somebody would always wait. So, Huh? You talked. You communicated. I care about you. You can disagree with me and I'm not going to reject you. Listen, there, there, in, if, if communication and, and vulnerability and intimacy is going to happen, there has to be confidentiality. Do you want to really communicate with each other? Then you, you have to understand I'm not going to be rejected. I'm not going to pay for it if I tell you something. And... You need to know that whatever I share with you, if you really want to be intimate in your communication, you, you need to know that that will never be used against me again. You can't say, come on, be honest with me. And they open their heart and tell you. And the next time you get upset, you know what you said? They're never going to talk to you again. What does Jesus do when you're open and honest and communicate with him? And say, Lord, this is where I blew it. Would you forgive me? He casts our sins in the sea of forgiveness. Never to be remembered to us again. Are you with me? All right. So if you want somebody to be honest with you, they have to know, I'm never going to have to be beat up with this again. And, and it will never be shared outside this marriage. You're not going to go to work and tell your buddy about this. Huh? You're not going to go tell your homegirl what happened at your home. It has to be confidentiality. You can trust me. We can talk. You want to talk about anything? You've got to give me a safe place to do that. So if I really open up and I really share with you, it's never going to come back and hurt me again. If you abuse this, you're breaking your trust. Okay, here's what I want you to see. It's not what, I, what I've been telling you. I'm not just trying to expose what's wrong. I'm trying to help us build what's great. Take ownership of your communication. Begin to realize that I can't fight the law of my carnal nature. But the power of the Holy Spirit overcomes the law of sin and death and sets me free. If I'll stop making excuses, I can start being healed. How many heard what I just said? If I'll stop blaming other people, I can get right. If I'll start being the right person, I don't have to go find the right person. If I'll let God make me the right person, God will bring me the right person. I will attract what I am. I will be drawn to what I am. How will I discern who's right for me until I'm right? 
How will I know what I should do until I know how God is leading my life? As a single adult, you have the greatest opportunity in your life to get your communication right. As a married couple, it's never too late to begin to speak the blessing of God over your spouse, over your family. Listen, this isn't just Sunday morning talk. This is life. This is how life works. God gave us His Word to show us the value of communication. And other verses, Proverbs, every other chapter talks about your mouth. The book of wisdom, the power of life and death are in your tongue. The Bible says the, you eat the fruit of your words. Your words are seeds. What I say brings a harvest back to me. If you've been eating bitter meals, you've been planting bitter seeds. If you're living a blessed, sweet life, you've been giving blessed, sweet words out. Come on, stand with me. Let's stand together. We need to pray together today. Come on, let's pray. Aren't you thankful God knows how to build relationships? I'm trying. Thank you, David. <laughs> Man, I love you guys. I want Calvary to be a, listen, this is my prayer, a place of healing and restoration. A place of growth. I want our singles growing up in this place, our young singles and singles again. I want people to say, man, I've got, God is helping me. I'm getting this thing right. But it all comes back to honesty before the Lord. We started this year, and I preached for quite a bit on being altered, changed by God encounters. And remember when I told you that the altar is not a piece of furniture in a church, it's a lifestyle. And I find, I don't know about you, but George Sawyer has to die daily. Man, I got this carnal nature that loves to grow real fast. I'm being honest with you. I have to daily come to God and say, God, help me. Help me. God, change my heart. See, I, don't, I, I feel such a responsibility to not be a hypocrite to my family or bring confusion to them. I don't want them to sit and listen to me preach on Sunday and on Monday say, where did that guy go? I'm being honest. I don't want to hurt and harm them. I don't want my children, my grandchildren to say, well, my dad was this and he's that in another place. Here's what I know. I'm thankful for every one of you guys. I'm thankful for every one of our social media part of that, the platforms that brings others to join us. Thankful for the countries that have been in the world. Thankful for everything God has done. But this is what I know on family matters. This is what I know. That at the end of my life, this makes me a success. That the people who knew me best love me most. That's my goal in life. That the people who know me best love me most. Because they saw me live my life. And instead of tripping them up, I helped them. I blessed them. Man, I haven't hit a... I'm not batting a thousand. But I'm sure trying. I'm sure going. I'm sure working. I'm sure coming to God and say, God, help me, God. Put a lock on my mouth, God. Help me know when not to talk. Help me know how to bless. I, 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 I want to be that kind of a husband, and father, and grandfather. I want to be that kind of pastor for you guys, that we're getting there. That we're not just going to church, you know, we're becoming better. Great marriages, great single adults, amazing men and women. I believe that in you. That's who you are. 
we're going to get there. Amen. We're going to get there. Family matters. Family matters. Can we pray together right now? Let's just, let's just make this whole church an altar in this moment. Father God, we come before you today and we're so thankful, so thankful for your grace that there's no condemnation. Wow. For those who are in Christ. Because the law, the spirit of life sets us free from the law of sin and death. God, we will never change what we do not face. We will never be set free from something we make an excuse about. We will never become great until we let go of the things that rob greatness in our life. So, Lord, today, I pray for the wounds, the hurts, the rejections, the broken promises, the, the painful words spoken against your people throughout their life. And today, Jesus, as we surrender, pour healing oil of the Holy Spirit on every wounded heart, every wounded mind, and begin to give them peace and healing. Begin to give them security knowing that you love them completely and they're accepted. Begin to give us the sense of knowing that you're the God who forgives us, the God who heals us, the God who delivers us, and the God who fills us with his Holy Spirit. Lord, we submit our words to you. Not just the word, but the heart it comes from. We submit to you. Heal us today. Make us whole today. God, let our words bring life. Let our words speak life. Let our words speak healing. Let our words speak help. Let our words be encouragement. We break the curse of words spoken over families, marriages, children, and life. In the authority of Jesus' name, as you being a child of God, the Bible says that an undeserved curse cannot come to rest. I plead the blood of Jesus shed on the cross over every heart, mind, and spirit, and body listening now. We apply the blood of Jesus. We speak the favor of God. We release the blessing of God. Curses are broken in the name of Jesus. Favor and healing are released. And now we grow in our hearts and our words, Father. We release that healing in marriages and single adults. Blessing in every life. We love you. We thank you for it. In the mighty, mighty name of Jesus.